Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller here with you. It is Tuesday, April 5th, 2022 NCAA Tournament over Kansas, the national champions. And there's really no better day to look ahead to 2023 to the next season than the day after the previous season ends and that's exactly what we're going to do on this episode of best on the board joining me to do so brian bennett brian i mean this was a hell of a tournament i feel like this tournament had everything you could ask for we had blue bloods in the final four we had the best of the best advancing deep into the tournament we had a great cinderella story in saint peter's we had some other fun upsets along the way it's just a great tournament from the start of the first four all the way through to last night a great championship game so a great final four game between duke and carolina all the storylines there uh, this tournament for me checked every single box absolutely the the coach k storyline which was interesting and not too overbearing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was just a great tournament, even without a ton of buzzer beaters necessarily, but it was just uh, a lot of great, great storylines. And I really think it was a fantastic season of college basketball, really from start to finish. And I tweeted last night, everybody keeps trying to write the obituary for college basketball, say it's going to die or, you know, the G League is going to take it over. Or, <laughs> you know, people are going to go straight to the pros. But, you know, this is one of the best seasons I can remember in a long time from start to finish, just Highly, highly entertaining. A lot of good teams. The transfer portal and the NIL stuff has just, I think, uh, made it easier to, to build teams and build mm-hmm. older teams. We didn't see a lot of freshmen last night in that game. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I think the, I think the game's in a good spot, and it was a, it was a heck of a run. It really was. And I hope we're following it up with another great season next year. So let's get into it. Let's jump right in. Let's take a look at these 2023 odds already available to us on BetMGM. Uh, the favorite as of right now, this moment, the day after the, the uh, tournament ends, Duke's at plus 800. Then you've got Kentucky at plus 1,000. That's also where Arkansas sits. Gonzaga, Kansas, they're both 12 to 1. Baylor, UNC, UCLA. 14 to 1, Villanova 16 to 1, Arizona, Houston, Michigan, all 20 to 1. And then we take some 25 to 1, 30 to 1, 40 to 1 steps as things go along. So we know that as we sit here right now, we're not exactly sure how some of these teams are going to look. We know some guys obviously are going pro. Obviously, we know the recruits coming in. We know there's going to be some changes to some of these teams uh, before we are really thinking about the 22-23 season. Uh, But let's just start at the top, Brian. Duke, Kentucky, Arkansas, the uh, three favorites, as the betting markets would put it. Uh, how do you size up those three teams going into next season? Yeah, I mean, this is basically impossible to do anymore with the transfer portal because you could, it's almost like mm-hmm. you can see now in college basketball. And, you know, a team like Iowa State a year ago, no one would have seen them coming that, you know, just completely remade their roster and made the Sweet 16. So uh, just to want to put that caveat out there that yes. it's a completely insane idea to try to do this right now. But uh, I think Duke is probably pretty much always a favorite going into the year, but just because Vegas knows that they're, they're the, probably the most popular team for people to bet on. Um, and they're going to be incredibly loaded with talent. Uh, one of the best recruiting classes we've seen uh, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just so many McDonald's All-Americans and five stars coming in. But, you know, going to lose pretty much the entire lineup that we saw this Final Four team. Maybe, maybe Jeremy Roach comes back. Possibility, maybe the Trevor Keels comes back, although I doubt it. Um, so they're going to be completely replacing their lineup, and of course, brand new coach John Shire. We did just see a first year coach in Heber Davis almost win it all, but uh, <laughs> yep. you know he had a little bit more veteran presence on that team. And I just, you know, maybe they go in the transfer portal for a little bit of experience, but I just think this team's going to be too young with a brand new coach for me to put any money on, especially as a favorite. So 
Um, and, and the way Kentucky has trended here, I'd probably steer away from that as well, although they have a chance to be really good with a couple of additions. But I really like this Arkansas team. You know, Eric Musselman's had them on the doorstep of the Final Four the last two years, two straight mm-hmm. eight, eight runs. They've got just a boatload of talent coming in. You know, three McDonald's All-Americans. Uh, Nick Smith, I think, is, uh, could be the best pro prospect uh, in his class. Uh, and, and Anthony Black, a six-foot-seven point guard who can do it all. Some of those guys from this year's team should come back. Maybe Jalen Williams uh, is a big guy inside. And then, of course, he must have been always kills it in the transfer portal. So you know he's going to get a couple more studs out of there for some experience. And uh, that's a team out of those three that I really like. Yeah, the, I I would imagine insofar as a, a sportsbook takes championship bets uh, this this far in advance, I would imagine that Arkansas will be the most popular for the reasons that you suggested. Uh, our own Seth Davis, of course, had his uh, too early top twenty five ready to go for this morning for Tuesday morning. And the number one team for him is UCLA. Now, ob- obviously, that assumes that the core of the team from the last couple of years is all back. Johnny Juzang, Jaime Hawkes, Tiger Campbell, assuming they are all back, all three of them will be seniors next year. That's looking like a very competitive team should that all come to fruition for them. Their championship odds as we sit here right now, 14-1, to 1, tied with North Carolina and Baylor. I mean, that would be a very fun and interesting team, assuming that everyone who can be back in Westwood is back there. For sure. You know, I'm kind of doubtful. I mean, he he kind of listed Johnny Juzang and Jaime Jaquez as coming back, and I kind of seen that as a little bit doubtful, not necessarily at their first-round picks, but, you know, they've been there a while now, and they both right. had their injury issues, and you just wonder if they they want to get started on their pro careers before they get hurt again and, and really hurt their stock. But who knows? With the, with the NIL stuff, living out in L.A., you know, maybe maybe they can make a lot more money uh, than we realize. But the, the guys that got coming in, Mario Bailey, one of the top – 10 recruits in the country, and, and Adam Bona, a guy I saw play a little bit, uh, a really nice, skilled, big guy. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a really good team. Uh, you know, 14 to one's pretty nice odds there. Uh, you know, I think Carolina's really interesting. Um, you know, who knows com- who comes back from there, but, it, you know, if they do get Caleb Love back, if our, mm-hmm. Armando Baycott comes back and he's healthy, you know, I kind of worry about his ankle after what he did to it the last night. But, you know, that's a pretty good starting base with R.J. Davis and, and you know they'll probably be in the mix for some for some nice transfers if they decide to go that route. So, uh, team that'll come in the year with a lot of confidence—that's for sure. Yeah, sort of like they're almost like the version of UCLA this year, right? A surprising tournament run. Uh, some guys, very good players, made into stars via this tournament run. Who could you know? Not all, but you know. Potentially most of them return. Obviously, Brady Manick, Leaky Black, they will be gone. But Davis, Love, Baycott, they all could be back next year. And so it sort of has a – there are some echoes to the run that UCLA made in the 2021 tournament and then the team it brought back for this season, certainly in North Carolina. I think we got to talk about Gonzaga uh, just because they've been a team that's been living at the top of the rankings for each of the last two seasons. And – I don't know, Chet Holmgren's going to be gone. Andrew Nembhard's going to be gone, obviously. You know, there's there's maybe more uncertainty, <coughs> excuse me, in Spokane entering a season than there has been in a couple of years. Now, they're still going to be viewed uh, pretty comfortably as a top 10 team going into next year, but it's not necessarily the carryover that we've seen from the last few seasons. Uh, what Seven months out from the start of the season, how are you looking at Gonzaga to start off the offseason? No, I think that's a, an excellent point that this will probably be the lowest ranked team, Gonzaga team heading into the season in what, maybe five years. Um, mm-hmm. and it's because there's a lot of uncertainty. I mean, maybe Timmy comes back. I mean, that would be obviously be a huge anchor 
you know, for that team. But, you know, you mentioned the point guard situation. They don't really have one right now unless you think Nolan Hickman is ready to take over for Nemhard. They really didn't get a, haven't gotten a lot done on the recruiting trail, very strangely. You know, a team that's brought in a lot of talent here in the last couple of years really just doesn't have anybody coming in. Now, they've had some guys sitting on the bench waiting their turn. And in Gonzaga, they always seem to have these guys ready to go that you've never heard of, uh, who've been just kind of gest- gestating in the in the in the, in the system. Um, and I know they have some big guys like Caden Perry, uh, Ben Gregg. But uh, you know, I think for them, the the perimeter is a really big deal. Uh, and I, I'm assuming they're going to land somebody out of the transfer portal. Uh, that seems to be the way to go. There's not really anyone left on the recruiting front. But but without any kind of answers on the at the point guard situation. And even at shooting guard a little bit, uh, you kind of wonder uh, they're going to be a really good team for sure. But maybe uh, it might be ironic if they would win it this year <laughs> with uh, with uh, you know all the chances they've had yeah. and all the talent they've had to kind of come in under the radar and do it. But I don't think this is the year I'd be putting money on it. Yeah, this is uh, this is the year that it finally that they finally break through after uh, coming up short just a, a couple of times over these last few seasons. Uh, let me ask you also about Arizona, a team that uh, entered this year's tournament as the uh, number two overall seed. Uh, a lot of youth on this team. Benedict Mathurin, we know he's going to be gone. Christian Coloco could be gone too as well. But you know, no matter what it ends up being, they're going to return a pretty good core. Even if even if uh, Coloco joins Mathurin and, and heads off to the NBA, they're they're going to be they're going to have a pretty good core coming back. Tommy Lloyd uh, impressed in that first season. Uh, what are you looking at with Arizona going into this uh, next uh, next upcoming campaign? Yeah, I mean they're basically uh, the Gonzaga of the Pac-12 now. You know they're going to be good every year. They're going to run that same system. They're going to be huge. I mean, they're, even without Coloco, if he doesn't come back, they've got a ton mm-hmm. of guys, 6'10", 6, 6'11", 6, 7 foot, um, to really just drop in there and, and, and it makes a match. And uh, it's going to be really hard for people to deal with them with that size and the way they run the floor. Uh, again, it's going to be probably a, a you know, situation at the perimeter. Um, you assume Kirk Reese is going to come back. You know, Dale and Terry uh, could make some steps forward. I really like the way he was playing at the end of the year. So they got a lot of talent here. They're probably going to have to, again, another team that's probably going to pick up a piece or two in the transfer quarter or, uh, in this case, international market, especially with Tommy Lloyd and his uh, success there. So who knows who, what he's got cooking over there in some maybe Eastern European country, some some gym in the, that we've never heard of who comes over and, and dominates. So it's going to be – yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really good team again. Uh, my, my only really question is, you know, and maybe this is something I'd like to see us explore a little bit in the offseason, the Arizona and Gonzaga systems have kind of gotten bogged down in the tournament when they've had to play a really tough physical team. Uh, we saw that with Arizona against Houston and, and, and against TCU and, of course, Gonzaga mm-hmm. the last couple of years. So do they have to make a, a couple tweaks to their system to, to kind of get to that, that next step and win it? Uh, maybe I'm overrating that because it's a crazy – a single elimination tournament where a lot right. of things can happen, but we've certainly seen that uh, these these Gonzaga type teams lose to, you know, a, a certain type of opponent. It seems like. All right, Brian. One more question I got for you before we wrap up this episode and call it a 2021-22 college basketball season. Uh, we've been obviously focused on the top of these betting charts, and as you said, it is all very very uncertain right now. But just. Dig a little bit deeper. Look to the teams that are, you know, let's say, let's let's draw a line at 30 to 1 and below. So just a, a smattering of those teams, Purdue, USC, Auburn, Michigan State, Texas, Illinois, any of those teams that you think, you know, maybe we're going to see this team not quite sitting so low once this uh, next season does indeed roll around. Yeah, I've got a few of them. I'm going to uh, cheat a little bit in the first one. They're 20 to 1, but Houston, okay. I, I like uh, I like Houston as at, at Plus 2,000, you know, a team that uh, – look how far they went despite all those injuries. Yeah. They're, they're going to lose some guys. You know, they're two big guys. 
uh, but they're bringing back a nice core. You know, they got some good recruits coming in. Jarace Walker, if you haven't seen him, he's you don't usually like to re- rely on freshmen, especially in Kelvin Sampson's system, but this guy is built like a man. He will fit right in there. Uh, and if they get to pick up a transfer or two, I mean, I can't count them out. They've been knocking on the door as well here the last couple of years. And plus 2,000, I think it's pretty good value. But, you know, if you want to go deep, deep, you know, you mentioned, mentioned Michigan State. You know, that's a team. A lot of things are going to have to go right for them. Uh, but they were playing pretty well, uh, you know, you know, toward the very end of the season there. Uh, you know, if Max Christie comes back. You know, you know, I think there's going to be an older team. You know, Tom Izzo always does better with older teams, uh, and I think they'll be experienced, you know, tough. You know, again, another team that could pick up a couple guys maybe in the transfers and it could be right there. Maybe it's time for one last Izzo run. And then let's go way off the board with Dayton, plus 10,000. Uh, you know, a team that was the youngest team in the country this year, was in the NCAA tournament until Richmond – uh, won the A-10 tournament. Uh, shockingly, no one thought Dayton was in, but apparently the committee did. They did have some nice wins. Uh, you know, a guy like uh, Daron Holmes, who's a, a really good young player. And, you know, if all those guys come back, it's going to be uh, a lot of continuity there. We saw what Anthony Grant did with, with an older team just a couple of years ago when they mm-hmm. had been a number one seed in the tournament. So I, I don't think Dayton's going to win the tournament, but, it, you know, plus 10,000, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's some really good value. Um, and, hey, St. Peter's, plus 50,000. <laughs> Peacock magic times two. <laughs> Dayton, the number 17 team in Seth Davis's early look at the 2022 uh, 23 rankings. Be sure to check that out. If you just want to squeeze a little bit more goodness out of this college basketball season, be sure to check that out. Athletic subscribers. It's going to be fun. It's fun to talk about it. Obviously, we know so many things, countless things are going to change between now and just the start of the college basketball season, let alone, uh, I don't know, halfway through the college basketball season and championship week in the NCAA tournament. So having these conversations for fun, but it's we got a nice starting point as we start to celebrate Kansas and look ahead to the season that is to come. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. For Brian Brennan, I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.